Welcome to Inside the 18, live from Casa de McLean with Patrick McLean. I'm Michael Majid. This is our first streaming episode. This is pretty cool. <laughs> hey, guys. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited about this. Uh, I honestly, we've got the little Mevo camera going right there. Uh, we've had a little some technical difficulties, unfortunately, so this is not going out live, but you guys are watching it on YouTube right now, or you're listening to it. And uh, trust me, we're going to get that worked out, and I think it's, uh, it's going to be pretty cool once we figure it out. Yeah, we're super excited. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's nice that we've got all these different little options here. We've got scarves on the tables. We look very <laughs> professional. We've got the Inside the 18 Media one. By the way, I don't know if you guys know how Amiibo works, but uh, you actually can use it with your iPad or your iPhone. So I've been trying to figure out the camera angles right here on my own, and uh, it's been quite the experience, so I'm not going to lie. We're working it out. Yeah, we're figuring it out. One day, uh, One day in the very near future, you guys will be like, oh, man, I remember when they started out and they were just doing it you know, with a banner in the back at Patrick's house, <laughs> you know, with some lights set up and, uh, and it looked like, oh my gosh, like, do these guys know what they're doing? And I said, no, we're just goalkeepers, uh, trying to figure it out on the fly. But, uh, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm really excited about this next step. Cause I feel like this is kind of the direction that all podcasting is going now. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where you just need to make, make sure that the audience gets to see how beautiful you look on camera too. <laughs> and that, and I'm talking about Patrick. No, I'm not no, talking no. about me because uh, no one needs to see me on camera. <laughs> Dude, literally what I'm wearing right now on camera, this is not what I planned on wearing. It's just that like we're doing this in the morning and like I was just literally, I had my comedy show last night for those of you guys listening uh, who obviously know that I do comedy. Uh, shout out to everybody who's been to one of my stand-up comedy shows. So all three of you guys, congratulations. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Um, no, we, uh, we did this early in the morning and I had to hop out of bed and I planned on wearing like a, a camp shutout shirt to show Stan Anderson love and everything cool that they're doing over there. And instead I'm wearing a, uh, a shirt for a brand that is not a sponsor. So I'm not going to shout them out right now, but they could be a sponsor. It so could be. Hey, you know, you never know how this could work out. Uh, guys, we have a really jam packed episode for you guys today. Uh, we're going to be talking to Stegen Neuer. Like you wouldn't believe everybody is so excited uh, about this controversy. Everyone's got a take on it. And what we wanted to do instead of just talking about it is we want to kind of break down the relationship and goalkeeper union etiquette between the one and the two, all that sort of thing. But the first thing I want to do is, again, stealing from the Cooligans, I want to show love to the people who show us love back. And remember, guys, keep rating, reviewing, and subscribing so that you get a shout out on the show, too. Let's go to some fan reviews. Uh, remember, contact at insidethe18media.com. Go to Apple iTunes uh, over on the website and just click uh, five stars. If you don't click five <laughs> stars, I will hunt you down. Um, you don't have to leave a review, but if you can leave a review, that'd be great. You could literally leave a review that says, Michael told me to leave a review, five stars, and I'd be down with that. I'm we're, totally cool. We're going to get like 15 of those. Oh, dude, I, I'm hoping. <laughs> hey, we're at 95 right now. We're five away from our goal of 100. And as you know, once we meet that 100 goal, the next step is to meet that 200 goal. <laughs> and then the 300 goal. So there's a lot of incentive for you guys out there. No, actually, I think we're going to be giving out some prizes to people. Uh, we do have uh, a nice little prize pack that we're going to pick a person at random. Once we get to 100, we're going to pick one of those 100 reviews. So, guys, five left to go. Outside of that five, you're not in the thing. So you better rush to it right now. All right. So let's get to the first person here. Uh, guys, uh, this is, comes from King Cam 1923 uh, King Cam. Uh, that's a great handle, by the way, dude. Yeah. It, yeah. Makes me feel like Rampage style, like King Kong or something King like that. King Kong. Yeah. King Kong. <laughs> this is why we got to do this on live stream, guys. <laughs> we can't edit that stuff out. It's staying in. Uh, best of the net. Best way to keep up with where goalkeeping is going. The podcast is an incredible resource and the chemistry is off the charts. Exclamation point. So which one of your family members wrote that, Patrick? Um... You know, I think it must have been one of my sisters. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. I no. think that's so cool. Hey, you know what? We try to keep it fun with you guys. We try to, you know, not just talk goalkeeping, but also show you case personalities because goalkeeper, like we said, goalkeeper union, it's about, you know, the relationships between the goalkeepers. So thanks, King Cam. Appreciate that. All right. Next one comes from John Hollinger one. And uh, he goes, a fantastic resource for goalkeepers, great guests, hosts. And now... A former MLS goalkeeper is part of the crew, exclamation point. Wow, that's pretty big time. I'm not going to lie. I feel a little honored to be sitting next to Patrick here. This is an excellent resource for goalkeepers, and I've taken away a ton of value. By the way, guys, for those of you guys listening, John Ollinger is not just a, a, a U9 
out there who's very excited that Patrick is a M- former MLS goalkeeper. Joe Hollinger's actually a professional goalkeeper. Yeah. Yeah, playing overseas in uh, Scandinavia, I think Yeah, it is. that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So shout out to you, John, and, uh, and also great job out there. I know you spent some time playing over there, so maybe we should get some, some goalkeepers that are playing over in those leagues Yeah, there. that'd be great. Yeah. It'd be awesome to have John on the show sometime. John, dude, there's a shout out right there. Contact at InsideThe18Media.com. Let's have you on. Let's talk about that whole experience. Um, all right. Also, quick guys, quick shout out to one of our fans here from the goalkeeper union. By the way, I think we should start referring to our goalkeeper uh, union members as insiders for inside the 18. I dig that. Yeah, I like that. Insiders. You know? Yeah, insiders. It sounds, it sounds very like you know, like in the know, like we know stuff that you guys don't know. And to uh, be fair, they do. They do. If you listen to this podcast, you do. You know way more than most people <laughs> out there. In fact, way more than most people want to know. Um, so I want to shout out to our fan, uh, Damian Loss, uh, who uh, played for Chicago Fire Academy. Shout out to Damian. Damian just got signed by Fulham. That's huge. Yeah. Not Fulham, like Fulham Youth Club, you know, like in like, I don't know, like uh, Wakosha, Minnesota or something like right, that. Yeah. Right. No, yeah. this is the, the Fulham. The Fulham. Yeah. In London, which yeah. is uh, legit. Yeah, I, I couldn't be more excited for him. I got the opportunity to train with him last year with Chicago Fire, and he is he is definitely an up-and-coming star. So hopefully he continues to stay on the path and works really hard at Fulham and, and does the things he needs to do because that's a huge opportunity, buddy. And take it take it for all it's worth. By the way, the craziest thing is so I, I talked to Damien uh, on, on DM, and I'm like, hey, man, we'd love to have you on the show to talk about that experience. He's like, wait, seriously? And I'm like, yeah, man, you're kind of a big deal now. You're a big deal, you know? Not not like Chicago Fire Academy is not a big deal or U17 national team is not a big deal. But, I mean, Fulham, dude, full America, you know, we got a history there with Americans, yeah, dude. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, a lot of Americans have been at Fulham. Uh, so I'm really excited about that, and I think you're going to really – you guys are going to see some great things coming out of Damien. Yeah, um, congratulations, Damien. Yeah. All right, let's go to some listener questions. Uh, the first one comes from uh, Cincy Training Camp, uh, which is actually uh, Alex Kamphaus. Is that how you say it? That one sounds very German. Compost. 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 <laughs> it's not compost, which I, which is, I'm sure he's had that before, and uh, I'm sorry that I, again, we can't edit this out now. It's live streamed. House camp. Uh, yeah, that's what it means. I think that's what it means. Is that what it means? Yeah. House camp. I love that. Um, all right. So the difference between being a staff keeper coach and a keeper trainer. What are the differences? Uh, Patrick, let's open this up to you. Oh man. Uh, between a staff keeper coach and a keeper trainer. Yeah, because a lot of people ask this question. They go, because sometimes people are referred to as keeper trainer. Some people, times the people are co- keeper coach. Is there a difference in your mind? So I would say in my mind, the difference is somebody who has a specific team or organization's best interest in mind would be a staff keeper coach. And somebody who has the ability to have your best interest in mind is going to be a keeper trainer. Um, and I know guys, they go by guys on staff, go by both names. I'm saying specifically, say you're working with an independent goalkeeper coach, that independent coach is going to probably have your best interest in mind, as opposed to the, uh, the institution or the staff's, uh, best interest in mind. Yeah. I think that's a really good point to know right there because it's very difficult as a, as a goalkeeper coach on a staff or a college team or a professional team to focus on one specific goalkeeper if they're not either the number one, you know, or there's something really rudimentary wrong with them. But th- that's the, cl- the club feels that from a development standpoint, they see a future for them being an investment that totally. they really want to put time into. And unfortunately, I, I was in this situation, you know, when I was trying to play USL ball, you know, and obviously I never got to the level that Patrick did, but where – it's very difficult to to get the attention when when you're at those levels uh, from the goalkeeper coach because they got to focus on that number one. Yeah, yeah. Everything that you do, I mean, it's different every club that you're at, but for the most part, everything that you do on a weekly basis is to prepare that number one to be comfortable in the game that you're about to play. So, uh, keeping that in mind, like, also follow follow the money, right? If if this guy's a staff goalkeeper coach, that means his checks are being signed by the team being signed by the so team. So as long as that's his, you know, that's his incentive to, uh, to produce as much for the team, then, you know, that's, that's where their focus is going to lie. No, I mean, and, and that makes perfect sense. And there's nothing wrong with being either one guys, you know, I personally, I like the autonomy of being a, a, an individual independent goalkeeper coach 
That being said, if Real Madrid is looking for a goalkeeper coach, <laughs> I'm totally cool with that job. Uh, I, I would do that in a heartbeat. Um, Email at uh, Inside the 18. <laughs> <laughs> Contact at InsideThe18Media.com if you're Florentino Perez. Uh, I know you have a great relationship with all your goalkeepers, as I've, we've seen with the Navas-Courtois saga, so this should, this should go well. By the way, Navas killed it this weekend at PSG, and maybe we'll talk about that in a second if we have uh, more, than, uh, more th- than enough time to do it. Um, we probably won't. Anyway, all right, uh, let's move on to the next question. This comes from, uh, uh, I apologize Oof. if I'm butchering their name here, uh, Samina Abad. Uh, Samina Abad asks, and this is an, an interesting question because I, I don't, really know what you're referring to, but we're going to try to break it down as best. He goes, do you think that the English way of setting your hands affects you being able to make those more agility type saves because of how stiff your arms are set? You know, this is, I, I, I understand completely what you're referring to. Um, I wish we had more space here because I'd, I'd get up and give you a demo and maybe... Oh, and we're going to get there one yeah. day. Trust <laughs> me, I think we've actually going to, we've got another location for uh, for a studio very soon. And uh, I think we'll have that space, so we'll make it happen. So uh, traditionally, the in- the English way of setting right is to keep your arms at like a ninety degree, so you're you're set in a way where your arms aren't too high, they're not too low, they're in a neutral position, but they are at some at some level locked there, uh, as opposed to maybe a different a different approach, which would be like your Spanish approach, your. Um, your South American approach, which is, you know, swinging your arm, your arm swing type of thing. So yeah. I think they're referring to either the, like the more stagnant set, like you typically see in the English goalkeepers, as opposed to the more, um, active stretch, shortened cycle set of a, uh, a South American or, you know, Spanish style keeper. So it's very interesting. So I had a goalkeeper yesterday. I was working with great goalkeeper, really solid goalkeeper. Um, Man, he's like 5'7", and he's 12. I hate him. Wow. Yeah, he's going to be about 6'6". Six, six. He's a he's a big-time keeper, too. I hate him now, too. Yeah. <laughs> he's playing academy right now. Uh, really, really good future. Maybe there's an MLS team he's working with. Anyway, I, I don't want to talk about it right now too much. But I, I don't want to put him on blast. But basically, he's so athletic that he, he doesn't need the arm swing to get still that push off. Some of the smaller keepers uh, who, let's just say, their, their, their reflexes aren't just quick – they feel they need to do that in order to generate that movement. I talked about this with Todd Hofford at Real Salt Lake, and you guys will be hearing that episode in, in a few weeks coming out soon. But basically is that no matter whether you go with an arm swing or you start with a stagnant position, once the shot is hit, your hands have to be in a forward shape, right? You know, I, I 100% agree. I think there, you know, I spend so much time analyzing this stuff as a youth too because – you know, you think maybe it'll give me a fraction of a second of an edge on the shot, which is, as you goalkeepers know, is sometimes all it takes between you making the save and you not making the save. Um, so what I landed on in my head and in my own play was kind of a hybrid uh, where I'm not dropping my arms all the way back where they're they're going behind, say, my hips, but I'm keeping I'm keeping a little bit of that swing to generate that power while still keeping them in a forward above in front of my hips position because ultimately as far forward as you catch the ball is as as much um is as much cushioning as you're going to get when when that ball comes in and it's going to help you really absorb the impact so you know that being said i i landed personally on on a hybrid yeah so I mean, honestly, one of the things that, that I want some, Samina to hear is that, you know, there's, a, it, it's, there's no right or wrong way. You know, it's personal preference. I mean, and I talked about this with Todd again, is that, you know, he all trained three different goalkeepers at the professional level, at the MLS level, and they'll all have completely different set stances in regards to their, their hand shape and, and where their starting position is. And none of them are wrong or right. It's about what works for them and their body shape too because your physical attributes are going to play into this as well yeah and depending on what coach or who you're talking to uh, you know some coaches do feel there is a right and a wrong way you know I've worked with coaches who have been very specific about holding that shape not not generating that uh, you know that extra power because they think that it takes an edge of your um, your cleanliness away from from your movements 
you know, so speaking about that, I want to talk about that because the arm swing is very popular in the German game, in the Bundesliga especially. And two goalkeepers right now who are kind of in the news. Uh, both do it. Both do it. And it's 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 fascinating. And that's uh, obviously we're talking about the the Manuel Neuer, uh, you know, uh, Ter Stegen, you know, controversy that's going on right now. Uh, I'm sure everybody's heard the news in this past weekend. Ter Stegen called out Neuer um, in regards to not getting any games and, you know, his form and all sorts of stuff. Neuer came back basically saying, you know, hey, this, you're breaking goalkeeper union rules. You know, this is there's unwritten rules, basically, when it comes to goalkeeper union. And it's tough, the relationship between the the number one and the backup. So I kind of want to talk about that in, in a more general sense today in the topic of the day, as opposed to just uh, just Neuer Ter Stegen. But uh First, let's just start. Just just get it off the, off the chest. Let's let's get our personal opinions in, in regards to this controversy. How do you feel about it, Patrick? Um, why don't you start? Why don't you start this one? Okay. So here's my thing. Uh, they're both very good goalkeepers right. in form. Okay, and they're both very high level goalkeepers. It's an unfortunate situation because. Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost apples and oranges type of situation, you know. You could have said when Neuer had gone through the injuries and coming back from the injuries, he wasn't at the form that Neuer had been in the past and that Ter Stegen should have been the number one. I would have said that Ter Stegen should have been the number one going into that World Cup in 2018. You know, that would have been my feeling right there. Um, now Neuer's playing pretty darn well. Um, and in fact, for a while, I thought Ulreich was going to take the number one at Bayern Munich and I thought Neuer was going to be gone. Um both very different goalkeepers in regards to to how they play the game and how they see the game. And, and Neuer obviously is very unorthodox in his movements and stuff. Um, I think because – and maybe this is just my politeness and maybe just the way I was raised. I think there's unwritten rules when it comes to goalkeeping and you keep this within the family. You don't talk about it publicly. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you in terms of um, Ter Sagan calling out Neuer. Now – you got you got to see it from Ter Stegen's point of view. Like he's he's crushing it. He plays for a great team, one one of the best teams in the world. I mean, he's doing really well. He's got to be frustrated. Like he's got to be. What can I do to to change my fate, to change my situation? And and sometimes, and I've been there too. Is sometimes you just don't choose the best the best method of how you approach that. And I think this is a perfect example of him just not choosing the best method. And I mean, honestly, what you're doing on the field, what Ter Stegen's doing on the field right now, that's got to be putting, putting questions in coaches' heads. Like, Absolutely. Because he's, he's killing it. And for me, that's what you got to do. You just got to keep killing it. You got to keep killing it. You got to be, oh man, Neuer had a bad game this game. Well, maybe we should give Ter Stegen his chance you know, his chance. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's Yogi Lowe's call in regards to as being the manager for the, for the German national team is, is what he wants to do. Obviously he's had Neuer, you know, take him to such ridiculous heights. I mean, right. Neuer was a golden glove winner in the world cup. And I mean, he's been to the highest, highest of highest of levels. And I mean, not saying anything, you know, Ter Stegen's obviously at Barcelona and he's killing it over there. Um, there's that veteran thing. I don't know what's going on in the locker room. I don't know what kind of leadership Neuer brings. Um, he's a little bit older than Ter Stegen. Um, if I was Yogi Lowe, I'd probably, you know, because this is a tough call. I mean, do you, do you give Ter Stegen lighter games in qualification, Euros qualification or in friendlies? Because that's almost a slap in the face too. It's like, well, cool, man, we're playing San Marino. Why don't, why don't we give Ter Stegen that game? And then you go like, well, dude, I mean, you know. I could be out there playing against no disrespect to San Marino, but I think I honestly could be out there for the German <laughs> national team. And I think they'd still do fine against San Marino. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough because we're all super, super competitive, which is why we listen to stuff like this, which is why we do everything that we can to gain that edge. And if they're going to give you a game, then you got to take that game. And listen, I'm, I'm super pro Neuer because I've had the chance to, you know, to talk to Neuer and to get to know him a little bit. And see, know. this is why we have Patrick here. I can't say that. I'm literally just some jackass on a couch <laughs> who's like watching YouTube videos and being like, man, he sounds like a cool dude. Yeah. yeah. And he, he is, he's, he's, uh, I'm, I'm sure Neuer's not watching this, but Neuer is as cool as he seems. Oh, we'll share this with Neuer. We'll send this. <laughs> what if I share uh, this with Neuer, like on direct message, he's going to be like, this is the biggest spam. <laughs> <in my life." laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's not going directly into no. his inbox. <laughs> no, probably not going directly into his inbox. Um, He's like, hmm, Adidas, like contract or like inside the 18 random podcast from the United States. I don't know about that. So. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, I mean, he's as, as good, as down to earth as he seems. And not that that has anything to do with, you know, his situation on the on the field, but Tristegan, like he looks like the good guy in this scenario when he's playing well and, you know, the team's getting results. I mean, he he looks like the good guy because he's saying, well, let's be a team. I mean, he's the good guy yeah. in, that, in that scenario. And I think that's just one of those unfortunate things where a guy's just too frustrated and doesn't know what to do, doesn't know how to get his shot. And, and, you know, that's the result. And of course it gets blown up all the way over to the United States here. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if we're getting it here, then it's everywhere. Uh, yeah. no, I'm kidding. Goalkeeping is very popular here. So is the, the, the sport of soccer or football or whatever you call it. Football. It, football. Um, football. Football. That's that. Yeah. That's how they say it in German, right? Yep. Yeah. Football should be nice. Are you German? Uh, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, little, like, little, little German. Yeah. He's 25%. A little German. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Ancestry.com, guys. Promo code. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that would be that'd be awesome. 100 American. Um, all right, so let's let's define that for people out there because you've been in this situation, obviously at the higher higher levels. What should the interaction be in a positive environment between the number one and the number two? This is this is one of those trickle down effects, um, and the, that's my take on it. Because if you have a coach that hits you against each other then you're gonna be at each other but you know that's not always the case I think the best case scenario is you get two guys who are the quality are are the level where either of you can be playing and maybe both of you do play at some capacity um, and then just really uh, fostering a competitive relationship when you when you're training because that's that's the most important part. And if you get ticked off at each other at training, you, you know, you're, you're really competitive. And I've been in these situations and I've been on both ends of the situations where there's a clean, clean cut number one, and he's playing every week and, and you're not getting your shot. And I've also been in situations where it's like, well, we haven't heard yet and it's game time and I'm not sure if I'm playing or the other guys playing, you know? And, and a lot of that is just that trickle down effect uh, from your coaching staff. I, you know, like I said, best case scenario, you guys are both good enough. You're training hard. You're pushing each other, and you have some sort of uh, mutual understanding and relationship that fosters the best, the best of both of you. It's that that iron, sh- iron sharpening iron. Yeah. You know, and I've seen this a lot of times where there's there is no clear cut one or two because they both can play. And obviously, you know, speaking in regards to MLS, you know, a lot of times it'll go like, okay, well you'll be our keeper for league games. You're our keeper for cup games, that sort of thing. Um, Which yes, I mean, we can talk about the U S open cup and the level of play at the low, you know, in the, the first few rounds and stuff like that. But you know, at least still you're getting games, that sort of thing. Um, Another dynamic that's, kind of thrown into this that kind of throws a whole monkey wrench into us is like now you got a third so now you got a third keeper okay and a lot of times when you're talking about a third keeper you're either talking about a veteran who's like just happy to be there just happy to be collecting a paycheck because they're kind of winding their career down and they're there for guidance or that sort of thing or you got like a four-year-old you got like some like you know stud you know 18 19 year old i mean maybe not 18 19 year old when you're talking about the you know the mls level but let's say 23 24 year old who who's licking their chops to to become a big time number one and uh what what what's their what's their say in this whole thing like hey you know shut up and just keep learning from us or like what what's the deal yeah yeah i mean pretty much every situation that i've been in um proper keeper etiquette is to if you're the number three uh yeah just just shut up and 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 work hard and learn what you can from these guys and maybe there's there's some opportunity that you get to play at some point um maybe one of the one of the three guys gets hurt in front of you all of a sudden there's a red card now you're in i mean i've been in that situation so um you just you just never know and and all you can do and what i keep coming back to 
your controllables are you can work hard, you can do the right things in training. And if, if you're a young guy, use that youth, man. Like use that youth for all it's worth. Get games with, if say if you're in the MLS, get games with the USL team. Really try to uh, build that resume because ultimately the resume that you have on the field is what's going to dictate your opportunities. Even if you're grinding and you're crushing it and training every day, it's really, really, really important that you get games because that's the toughest part is the number three is to get games. And some coaches are more um, more apt to allow you that developmental side of your game where you can, you can go on loan. And different clubs, it's different because there's more opportunity. But I think that's that's crucial. Yeah, I mean, you know, one great thing, obviously, with MLS is, you know, a lot of MLS teams have the MLS 2s. So you can go play for an MLS 2. And if they don't have an MLS 2, they have a good relationship with a lot of USL, either championship or one sides. Um, and then sometimes, if you're young enough, you can still play with the youth setup too. Um, so there's nothing wrong with that. I want to say that in my career, I've been a solid number five. I'm a great <laughs> number five uh, because I'm never complaining. I'm just happy to be there. I pick up a lot of cones, uh, a lot of balls, uh, always have the bags with me. Uh, very solid in that number five position where basically whenever else is training and they're like, we're doing finishing drills, they're like, Oh, who's that dude who's not getting paid who's just here for some reason? Let's throw that guy in. Uh, cannon fire. Yeah, I'm the cannon fire guy. I love doing that. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun for me. I get a workout. It's like uh, it's like not having to go to the gym. Um, all right, so let's talk about should there always be a clear-cut number one? Because a lot of people, it's a lot of times, first off, I want to let a lot of people I know out there, if you're a goalkeeper, it's not up to the goalkeeper coach. So stop bothering the goalkeeper coach because they're not going to tell you because the straight up thing is, is that it's not their call. It's the manager's call. And sometimes the manager really doesn't know a lot about goalkeeping and they'll take the advice of the goalkeeper coach, but ultimately it comes down to the system of play that they're going and in their gut feeling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. I, I really don't even need to add anything to that because that's, that's just how it is. And there's very, very few clubs where the goalkeeper coach has that sort of authority. Yeah. I mean, unless the goalkeeper coach is also the head coach, which is, I mean, it happens every once in a while. I mean, you'll have a guy who'll train. All right. It doesn't happen very often. <laughs> I mean, maybe I, okay. Look, it's like small schools and small, like, you know, at the levels that I play at, it happens a lot uh, where uh, they don't want to pay for those extra paychecks. Um, all right. So what I want to do right now is because we were talking about it in regards to the Ter Stegen Neuer situation. Patrick, have, have you ever seen anything like this from you in a personal standpoint? Uh, guys. And how did people react to it, basically? So, on a personal standpoint, um, I probably, for the majority of my MLS career specifically, would have been more the Ter Stegen in this in this situation. And I've never, I personally have never gone out of my way to call out, uh, you know, a guy in front of me publicly. Um, privately, yeah. I mean, we. There's definitely been situations where I've been very, very competitive and very, and maybe too competitive to the point where it, it you know, maybe it didn't help the team. And uh, yeah, so from a personal standpoint, um, I really, I haven't, I haven't seen it too much. Like, you know, it's, it's kind of rare because when you do hear about it, it's, it's pretty public like this, yeah. you know, and you, you, that's just not that's just not the sort of um, relationship that teams want to foster. And I, I don't know who Terstegen's PR guy is, but I, I feel like I, I'd be livid. I, I I'd be livid. I'd be like, dude, I'm like, haven't you had any sort of media training whatsoever? Like, this is the last thing you do. Plus, we had a situation recently where uh, I'm straight up going to say it right now. I think Bill Hamid has been blacklisted by the U.S. Oh, U.S. Yeah. Soccer. Oh yeah. Based on his comments about Brad Guzan during January camp in regards to you know, wh wh where he feels he, fi he fits into the picture. And nothing negative to be said about Bill Hamid as regards as a goalkeeper. I think he's a great goalkeeper, and I think he's got great attributes and stuff like that. I just think that you can't – you just it's just goalkeeper etiquette, and we talk about it, and I think that's what this episode is going to be, be called is, is goalkeeper union etiquette because you want to present, even if there is some sort of animosity within inside the club, you want to present a facade of a – connected and, and, and together team. And that was one of the issues that we had with the whole 
Bruce Arena situation and Jurgen Klinsmann situation in regards to the U.S. soccer, and I'm just using U.S. soccer as an example from a from a from a full macro standpoint, is that there were issues in the club in the clubhouse. Right. Yeah. And and what that does, and it's really unfortunate, but what that does is it it shows a chink in your armor, right? Like as a team, it shows a chink in your armor. It shows that not everyone is united in in your battle, in your pursuit of winning and winning World Cups, winning championships. Like that shows weakness, in my opinion. Yeah. And I, I want to bring up this right quick because a lot we're like, well, we're all talking professional. We're talking professional. We're talking professional. I know a lot of you guys out there listening are not professionals. I, I would hoping every single person out there is going to be professional at one day. And if you keep listening to this podcast, you will absolutely do it. I'll give it like a guarantee sort of thing. <laughs> so like you're going to have to give me a percentage of that paycheck. Anyway, um, what about the youth level? Because is it a different dynamic at the youth level? You know, in my experience, it is, uh, it is a different dynamic. I mean, you don't have any media platform to, like, call out. I mean, you, I guess you could do it on social media, but then you just look questionable. I don't know, dude. That slow, like, student newspaper, I think <laughs> it's pretty big time. Back yeah, at Cal Poly. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they're all listening right now. Like, all the editors from Cal yeah, Poly Slow yeah. like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> 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 That was yeah. the most cartoonish, by the way, movement. <laughs> that was the best. Um, no, I think um, I think the dynamic is different, and it's tough because, like you said, even if the professional coaches, professional managers aren't aren't a hundred percent keen on goalkeeping and don't know a whole lot about it, then you can you can expect that your youth and club coaches probably don't know that much either um so you know in that situation i would say they're they're gonna they're gonna try to award guys that are working hard because i've been in that situation where i've been trying to break into um you know say a team that was was ranked higher and uh in in youth soccer and i was trying to break in i was trying to break in and sometimes there's more politics involved um in youth soccer which is crazy um what youth wait politics <laughs> and youth soccer are you kidding oh, me man. nah that, I, that could be an episode yeah that oh, that, that absolutely um, dude we could have so many different docs on here to like rant and rave about that and then parents will have a completely different point of view yeah. and then like the kids will have a different point of view it's fun guys youth soccer in the united states come and join it's great listen uh, the best advice that i can give to anybody who's in a s- situation similar to this is work hard do the right things. And I know I say it again and again and again. But if you work harder and you do the right things, the universe is going to take care of you. The universe, God, whatever you choose to believe, putting that energy into what you do will come back to you. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. But one thing that concerns me is getting a number one at the youth level and just having one dude or one one girl, you know, playing the entire time. I, I just... I'm not a fan of that. I think the youth level is for development, and it's you should be playing cons- different goalkeepers. You should have second and third teams as well at your club too and give them games there too. I, I 100% agree. I mean, these guys are, these guys are too young. There's such, a, there's such a long journey between they, them where they are now and reaching potential. And it doesn't matter as a coach what you think their potential is. Maybe they think differently. And... That's really what it's going to come come down to for them, and I think everybody should be given, especially at that level, given a chance to to prove themselves. Yeah, I I I think that's the number one thing that you need to hear that as as youth coaches is make sure they're getting reps because otherwise, again, most of these people will not ever be professionals, but you know what they will be is they will be people in the workforce or they might work in soccer in other in other facets like myself right now. You know, clearly, you know, the L.A. Galaxy were not knocking down my door because every time I changed with the L.A. Galaxy reserves, Siggy Schmidt was looking the other direction. Literally, that's what would happen. I was like literally training with them and he'd always be like talking to some dude over on the other side. And I'm like, Jurgen Klinsmann's shooting on me right now because <laughs> like Jurgen Klinsmann would come out and, and train with us. That's pretty cool. I mean, he was like, you know, older, but I'm still going to say that I, sh- you know, shut down Jurgen Klinsmann. <laughs> anyway, um, I think basically I think we've summed this up basically is, you know, goalkeeper union, you know, 
keep it keep it on the inside. You know, work hard, do your job. It's not your responsibility. Develop a good rapport with all the goalkeepers on your team because ultimately it's not them. It's the coach's call. Yes. You know? Yes. And anything could change at any moment. And you know what? What goes around comes around. So if you're a totally if you're a jerk to to that number two as a number one or vice versa, you know, when the situation flips and or you're at another club and the same situation is happening and you're on the other side, yeah. you know, karma's gonna get back at you. And it does. Believe me, it does. I I've been on you know, I've been on on both ends of it. So yeah. All right. So let's move on into the weekend goalkeeping. And I want to keep it kind of on the Neuer Terstegen tip because everyone's like, all right. So now you've broken down this whole controversy. Why it's the big deal? Who's in form? Well, the problem is they're kind of both in form, aren't they? Yeah. 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 They're both doing really well. I mean, it's it's tough. Like, like I said earlier, you just got to keep putting those questions in your coach's head because you're crushing it. Neuer's crushing it. The thing is, Neuer's lawyers older and he's been doing it longer and he's had a lot of success yeah makes sense yeah i mean so let's let's start with uh with what's fresh right now and that's uh yesterday's game the champions league game uh barcelona versus uh Borussia dortmund um by the way it's so weird because christian polisic's not at dortmund anymore but i'm still a dortmund fan because <laughs> he was there for so many years that like i became a fan of Dort. like i know all these players now and stuff like that i'm like oh look akraka kimi and all these all my friends Mahmoud Daoud and, and all of them are out there julian brandt yada 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 it's, uh, it's almost like it's almost like cheering for the underdog in a sense because although dortmund is just steamrolling like 90 percent of the teams they always get against Bayern Munich, and it's always like, hey, are they, are they going to do it yeah. this time? Are they going to take down the Bayern Giants? Like, <laughs> you know. And then we're going to talk about this later, but RB Leipzig is now in the conversation too, um, which I know some people hate in regards to the way that they've they've moved up the levels in, in, in the Bundesliga uh, up to kind of being an elite status. But, uh, hey, you know what? Uh, when you haven't, you know, energy drink money, uh, I think anything's <laughs> possible. So let's break down Ter Stegen first in this Dortmund game. 0-0 uh, result, as we all know. Um, a lot of that had to come down to Ter Stegen. Um, According to ESPN FC, and I'm going to quote them right here just because I thought they did a great job of breaking this down, um, Ter Stegen got a 9 rating. Um, obviously, let, let's break it down. First, I want to start with the 23rd minute. The first save on Royce from the through ball by uh, by Hazard. And no, I'm not talking about Eden Hazard. I'm talking about Torgan Hazard, his brother. Um, and uh, quick off his line, stayed big. With a weird two-knee leg drop. I don't know. I don't it, the modern goalkeeping is fascinating in regards to the contortionist shapes that they people take. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the the standard. And if you know this or don't know this, like the five-point, it's just a version of the five-point uh, goalkeeping stance. And as as he closes that down, he just leaves his feet to, uh, to increase, um, you know, that uh, the, uh, the pressure for the, the attacking player. That pressure... Is what and that um, closing that distance is what's going to really make him try to pull the trigger quicker. Yeah, and you know that's exactly what he does. And he reads the ball so well, and he comes off his line. His angles are perfect. Like you're not getting through him because of that strong five point stance. And I know you got you can't see my legs right now. But just making yourself big. Well, we could make the frame bigger and then yeah, maybe yeah. like remove, like go under the table. Like we could put the phone under the table and then you guys could see. Yeah, it. That yeah. would be creepy though. We should, um, probably shouldn't do that. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. That, that, <laughs> we, might, we might run into some YouTube censorship. standards and practices right there, right? Um, but he drops that knee so so that he doesn't s- slip it between the legs. I yeah. mean, that's um, you know, that's being taught a lot more frequently now. Yeah. Um, it looks uncomfortable to me, uh, maybe just because I'm just unfamiliar with the movement myself personally. What I love about you, Patrick, is you're actually visually experiencing the the action the action while you're talking about it, like when you've been in that situation before. And uh, all I can go is a seven aside soccer right now and be like, when I was in that situation in a seven aside <laughs> soccer match, men's league. No, I mean it's it's actually it's really well played because he's got to pull that trigger quickly. You know, he could try to take it around uh, Tristegen, but. You know, Tristegen's got a pretty good um, he's got a pretty good angle on that too. So if he takes it around, and he goes wider, then it's going to give his defense uh, more of a chance to get back. So he's really rushing him to either pull the trigger, or you're just not going to get anything out of it, really. You know, so I I think I think Tristegen is really growing in the way that he's reading the game and uh, his adjustments. 
He's so fast off his line right there. So yeah, fast really off his quick. line. I really, mean, really quick. And it was it was really great to see. Um, let's move on. I want to talk about the PK save because um, a lot of people say, you know, when it comes to PK saves, you know, oh, it's guessing right. Yes, you can you can guess the right direction, but there's also, man, because Marco Royce. So basically, what happens is uh is Jaden Sancho goes down. Some kind of you know takes him down deep on the on the on the line. Um, Jaden Sancho, man, that kid is such a beast. It's mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Um, it's crazy to see. It's so funny because he's like one of those guys, and I know this is a goalkeeping show, but Barcelona must be watching him and be like, how did we, how did we miss out on this dude? Uh, <laughs> I mean, don't we buy? Can't we buy anybody? Uh, how did we not get him from uh, from City uh, on a, on a loan deal? Um, anyway, so Marco Royce calls up, pulls up, and he goes, "Okay, well now, dude, I know your number. I mean, come on, from training sessions with the German national team, I know exactly what you're going to do right here." Right. And uh, and and you know, Tristegen guesses right, bottom right corner with power by Royce, and uh, he opens his shoulders and throws his body in front of the post. And then he's able to react to recover for that second save, which, in my opinion, that's the next level. Yeah. Yeah, the the rate at which he gets up to to grab that ball, like he makes it look so easy. And getting up from that position after making that initial save, that's not easy. That's that is that is years and years and thousands and thousands of hours of perfecting movement to be able to do that as clean as he did it. And <laughs> And to make what is what is game changing for them. And this is why I always tell young goalkeepers, always, always, always go first with your power shoulder. Because if your power shoulder's in front of the post, good things are gonna happen. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know? Uh even if your body goes in a weird, weird shape and stuff like that, man, he he hammered that ball. So uh the fact that he was able to 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 get that much momentum to to parry to it was just great. Um, all right, now so now let's talk about the Julian Brandt shot from outside the box off the crossbar. A lot of people say, trolls out there. If you want to keep telling me that Terstegen should have had that, you know, I mean, look, dude, that was a bullet with movement from outside off the crossbar. I think he got lucky. I, do you think he had any chance on that shot if it had gone in? Listen, here's 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 the difference, right? Oh, I'm trying. I'm I'm trying to hold it in. I could tell. You don't know exactly where he is in the goal. He's he's in front of his line, which yeah. means that if this ball on trajectory, on the trajectory that it's at, if it's lower and in, he probably touches that. In my opinion, guys are saying, "Oh, he's he's beat, he's beat, he's beat." I don't, I I'm not buying it because he's he reacts well. He reacts with the top hand. He does all the right things, and I think if that ball is on frame where the trajectory is taking it underneath the crossbar on that sort of shot he's in the right spot and he touches that ball and it goes off the crossbar and also why does he need to save that if it's off the crossbar he doesn't need to save it like what 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 yeah no no you're right <laughs> it's not in the goal no you're, you're right you're right and it, it is one of those interesting things where everybody on the internet just keeps complaining about stuff that that didn't even actually negatively affect the game like right. that ball didn't go in so maybe his positioning allowed for that ball to have to be hit high enough so that it did hit the crossbar yeah i you mean know? <laughs> listen yeah. you can speculate all day the ball didn't go in the net yeah and then, then i think in in the end that's kind of how it is that's why i always tell everybody when i'm like completely out of position and the ball hits the frame you know off the crossbar or the, the post or anything like that i go hey you know what uh, I just did it mentally. It was like mental imagery and like telepathy, and that's how I was able to push the ball onto the post. We call that using the force. Yes, that's what we do as goalkeepers <laughs> a lot. Um, let's talk about the double save in the 77th. Uh, close range inside the six. Again, a block save. Rebounds back to Royce. Again, same result. This is both by Marco Royce, by the way. He must have literally just thought, like, I'm like, I can't score on Terstegen today. First shot. Block save. Boom. Close range. Rebounds back. Now the problem was with 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 Royce. I think he reacted too quickly and placed the ball basically in the in the same type of bubble area right there too. Which again, we talk about this, and I did it with my youth keepers yesterday. If it's in your bubble, you should have it. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think what also played into this, and a lot of people don't think about this, is is him making that save and making himself bigger. That's got to be in the back of <laughs> of Royce's head. Like, oh man, like I got to do something special to beat this guy. And the more you get the off offense, the the striker thinking, the better it is for you because the more he's got to think, the less he's going to focus on 
scoring the goal, which perfect. Hey, another, another perfect example of him closing down the space, making himself big, doing the right things and, and really covering that bubble. And man, I mean, you, you're in, you're in the striker's head at that point. And that's what I saw from me watching it from what, you know, from my point of view, my, my experience is he's, he's thinking, I got to do something special with this when really he doesn't. And sometimes that's the difference. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, you know, when you're, when you've got that confidence as a goalkeeper, it really does get in the striker's head. I think personally, totally, you know, um, all right, let's move on to the Neuer game. Uh, I want to talk about, there was a big game this weekend. I was talking about RB Leipzig now becoming kind of a force in the Bundesliga. I think they're actually in first place right now in the Bundesliga, which, uh, I don't remember. I don't think that's ever happened before, uh, in the Bundesliga. And I'm sure some stat person out there is going to be like, I don't know, actually, you know, uh, RB Leipzig was in first place last year at, you know, fourth week or whatever anyway okay i'm sorry about that okay you know we're goalkeepers you know we've been hitting the head a lot of times there's only <laughs> so much we can say this um, is true yeah so let, let's talk about this game first first off manuel neuer did have a good game but uh petter galashi um or galaxy I, I never can know how to pronounce that hungarian dude uh who i've been a big fan of even since he was a youth keeper at liverpool uh had a unreal game so first off let's start off uh kind of breaking this game down and uh i want to talk about I mean, first goal, Robert Lewandowski, you know, absolutely no chance because it's Robert Lewandowski. And uh, if you get him inside the box, he's going to finish it. And there's literally nothing you can do about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really not too much to say. Yeah. Uh, but then the kind of the fun begins because uh, Emil Forsberg uh, penalty, there's nothing Neuer can do about that. And uh, But then that's when all the goals stopped uh, because both goalkeepers were just on fire. So let's let's break this down right here. Um, uh, I want to I want to yeah, address ahead. the yeah. PK real quick. Sure. And and guys, you see, you see these these top top level guys, right? Now now pay attention to how often they go the wrong direction. Like it's not very often, and that's because they're doing their homework. They're reading they're reading the body language of the player. They're reading their run up. They're reading their hips. Like. They're giving themselves the best chance to make this play. And and Neuer goes the right way, and he's at full stretch, and this still goes in. That's when you just shake the, the striker's hand because, there's honestly, there's if it's placed and with power, and um, you just physically there's nothing you can do about it from such a close distance. It's just it is what it is. Um, and, you know, uh, like, like Patrick was saying, by the way, I love the fact that you're like, they usually go the right direction because it just makes me think how bad I am at PKs. Cause I <laughs> never go the right direction. Uh, I, I think I've saved like three or four PKs in my whole life. And every single time, I think I can remember them all like visual, like vividly because they're such a big deal. One happened last year. I think two happened last year. Hey. I, I had two PK saves last year. Yeah. Pretty big time. One, uh, one moves on to the finals. Uh, nice. of the playoffs yeah uh guys competitive men's league you, you can't get any better than that <laughs> all right uh, all right let's move on to uh, uh nordy mckelly um from the right side of the box this was a bullet across the goal that neuer got fingertips to and i want the kids to watch this on how neuer follows the flight all the way through the motion with his help head tilt keeping his eyes directly on the redirection because i think that's one of the issues with a lot of young goalkeepers once they make contact especially with shots at pace is they kind of feel like it, that's a, it. That's it. They don't actually follow through with the whole motion, and Neuer does. Yeah, guys, and this is and this is why training your eyes is just as important as training your body. I mean, I mean that full heartedly because you don't think that Neuer is doing a bunch of eye hand eye coordination stuff, like because the reason that that stuff is so effective is a guy like Neuer who's thirty three now. He, he should be tempering his actual on the field, wear and tear, hitting the ground, that sort of thing. But what he can do is he can keep his eyes and his mind sharp. And this is a perfect example of him doing the right things in that regard and, and making a great save because he's able to follow the ball that much better. Yeah. And it's that, guys, it doesn't have to be a big, a big, a big, ah you know type of thing and you know i don't know if the camera caught that i really hope it did because yeah because uh that's that's what i look like when i do it it was special it's just a slight it's just a slight movement just an angled movement so it's just a slight tuck just to make sure that you're following all the way through and they can make the biggest difference uh completely in in those situations um so 
let's move on. I kind of want to talk about this, uh, the 60th minute, okay? This is the, the Manuel Neuer that we know and love, the unorthodox Manuel Neuer, but it's the reactionary Manuel Neuer that sometimes you just got to improvise, you know? And uh, Marcel uh, uh, Sabitzer uh, from the 60th, he's outside the box. The ball's got, for lack of a better term, junk on it Yeah, is the way they like to say it, how, how the kids uh, will say it um, properly. Um <laughs> This weird shoulder swat away as the ball swerves direct at him. I think it's because the ball was moving and it was going away from him, and then it started veering inside, and he just had to react. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I 100% agree with that. I mean, these these situations are so much harder than they look, and you would not believe how many goalkeepers that ball beats like crazy because because they're not used to having to react to this this sort of dip and swerve and drop. One of the things that's so so great about Neuer is even though it's it doesn't look good, like that's still that's a that's an entertaining save for me. Like and and never underestimate the the entertainment value of all this, but he's he's able to make that save and and that's that's enough. That's enough to get a result for his team. Like that's that's he did what he had to do and and granted if that that ball drops to, you know, an oncoming forward. Maybe we're having a little bit dis- different discussion of, oh, well, could he have redirected it out of bounds? Can he have done this? Can he have-? Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you just you just can't. And it's, it's out of your control, and you do the best you can, and you make the play. Sometimes that's enough, and unfortunately, sometimes it's not, you know? I'm not going to lie. I've had that ball beat me before, and, and, it's, and it's one of those things where the, the team looks at you and they go like, dude, what the – but, but I'm like, dude, you have no idea how, what it, f- because it's all happening almost in slow motion to right. you. You're like, oh, what? Yeah. And that's why those guys are paid that, that money to be able to hit those kind of balls. Totally. I mean, my gosh, I remember, I think the first time somebody hit a ball like that on me, it might've been in, it was either in college or PDL. Yeah. And I was like, I've never seen anybody hit a ball like this before. Yeah. See, <laughs> I'm going to take you guys way back. Right. Uh, so my, my dad, my dad built a. Uh, like a soccer goal in our backyard out of an old swing set. We just we just took all the parts out of the inside of the swing set. We threw a net over it. Like that was my goal. And I used to spend hours and hours and hours out there. And I used to make my parents either um, play goalkeeper or they would have to shoot on me. And so my dad, uh, in his older age, is not the most athletic guy. Uh, he would he would use the toe poke. But I'm guessing he was a beast. <laughs> in his in his prime though right yeah i mean he's he was athletic for sure uh, i come from a, a family of athletes so i've been fortunate in that regard just nordic vikings <laughs> up there in wisconsin uh anyway he could only toe bash the ball and if you're familiar with toe bashes they they fly similar to this they they're very unpredictable you never know what they they're gonna do and i really credit him in my ability to deal with some of those to, to his inability to hit a, a proper shot, you know? And, uh, and, and I mean, sometimes you just, you, when you're, when you're training for things like this, sometimes the most unorthodox things, uh, end up helping you down the road. That's dude, that's a great story. So the fact that your dad never learned how to strike a ball, <laughs> fantastic. He was a football player. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to like try to find goalkeeper coaches that don't know how to strike a ball and then like just hire them for the LA goalkeeping Academy. And then that way yeah. the kids are prepared for anything. Cause they're like, yeah, I don't know, dude, that dude doesn't literally doesn't know how to hit a ball. Just give them some steel toe boots. <laughs> <laughs> just doc Martens out there. Like that's how they strike balls. <laughs> um, all right, let's, let's move on and let's talk Petr Kaleshi. Um, because, uh, uh, he had some pretty big time saves here. Unreal. 77th minute, Kingsley Coleman with a looping ball back to the bar. This is a tough ball because this is one of those situations where the ball's moving so slowly. And a lot of goalkeepers, especially at the youth levels, they give up on that ball and they go, oh, it's going over. That's why you go back to the bar, guys. You never take a chance, right? Because he keeps following it and it drops early. And he's lucky because it drops early that he's able to push it off the bar for the save wide. And do you feel that the footwork was the key here? Yeah, 100%. I mean, he's. And this, and this is why these guys are where they're at because they've seen so many of these situations. They've seen so many of these, the flight of the ball. Like you have, you have, if, unless you've been in that situation and you've put in your 10,000 plus, plus, plus hours, then situations like that, maybe you write it off and it goes in the net and that's, and, and now your team loses. Um, 
cover everything you can, put in the work, because the way I see it is your team is putting in the work constantly. And it's your job to, I mean, we have a lot of jobs, as you guys all know, but ultimately your job is to keep the ball out of the net. And he does all the right things to make sure that his team stays in the game in this situation. And and there's just like there's so much to be said about that. And I think this I think he had an unreal game. Dude, he was amazing. And I think he's been one of the better keepers in Bundesliga for a while now. Um, although shout out to Zach Steffen because I think he's he's going to be in that conversation soon because Dusseldorf's going to have a lot of shots on them. I mean, no disrespect to Dusseldorf, but there's some powerhouse teams and. When you got teams like Dortmund who just have such kind of firepower, it's going it's to be tough. Um, all right, let's talk about that last one. This one is one of the ones that I actually I brought up. Uh, by the way, uh, shout out to Bundesliga English that sh- completely took down the post that I put on Twitter uh, <laughs> because apparently I uh, infringed on copyrights. Uh, apologize for that, Bundesliga. Uh, I was just trying to show the kids why proper positioning is so important. Um, this was essentially the, one of the last kicks in the game. Uh, Joshua Kimmich... Uh, Great dangerous ball into the near post. That Galashi's well-positioned. He's balanced. And like I've said in the post this weekend, luck is a combination of all these things coming together at the right time. You could say he was lucky, or you could say that because of his positioning and because of his shape, the ball rebounds off him and, 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 it, goes, and it goes wide. Because that Nicholas Sula low-driven header was hit with pace. It was redirected nice and low. And it kind of just hit the outside of his rib cage wide because that was going in. Yeah. It was brilliant. Listen, I love the term luck. Like the luck implies that that there wasn't just this enormous effort to to get to this level. And I guarantee you he's made that same save in practice at least a hundred times. I guarantee it. And for for people to call situations like that lucky is just mind-blowing to me because because if you were to see him day to day and through his development and you know through everything that he's been through you would not be saying oh this guy's lucky he's lucky that's all it is it's just luck it's like no no freaking way man yeah i've been in that situation before and i'm sure you have patrick as well too where people are like man you got lucky that that hit you and you're like Dude, do you have any idea how much that took in regards to my footwork, my focus, my following the flight of the ball in order for all of that to happen? And it happens like that. I can't snap my fingers, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> it happens like that. So, um, by the way, guys, I think you want to let people who are going to go, like, why aren't you guys covering EPL? Guys, we literally have an hour. Patrick's got a life. He's got to go do other things. Uh, and uh, and we really wanted to break down this whole Neuer-Terstegen type of thing. And we wanted to do it based on their actual game performances and bring up some some other fun things like, you know, guys like uh, Galashi. Um, before we move on to a little bit of MLS, before we wrap up the episode, Patrick, in your opinion, who had the better game, Terstegen or Neuer? Or was it a toss-up? I think uh, I think Tristegen did. I mean, he made made a PK save, made made some other really big saves. Um, you know, I and and not taking anything away from Neuer's game, but for me, for me, game by game, that game, Tristegen was better. He had more to do. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, and also both very good levels of competition they were facing against today. Neuer goes up against uh, Red Star Belgrade in uh, in the UEFA Champions League. And uh, not to slight, uh, you know, Red Star, but uh, it's not the level of Leipzig, you know, <laughs> it's not the level of Barcelona. Right. So uh, I'm, I'm not expecting and, you know, we would have waited a few hours until after that game was over if we thought it was going to be this brilliant match. And I'm sure it will be now that we've I've just jinxed it on the air. Yeah, we'll talk about it next. week. Yeah, we'll talk about it next week. All right. Uh, do you want to talk a little MLS before we go? Uh, sure. We have time. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we got OK. A so uh, MLS uh, playoff race is is kind of. St- Kind of in the hot stretch. Shout out to LA Galaxy putting uh, seven. Was it seven Oof. on uh, Sporting KC this weekend? That was a that was quite the game. That yeah. was man. That was unreal. And yeah, we should have talked about that. That would have been yeah. I mean, that's that's tough. I felt bad for Tamilia yeah, uh, yeah. in that one. That was that was really tough. Um, and I, I I I hate to break down goalkeepers in regards to when they get hung out to dry like that. So you know, let's move on to something more positive. I want to talk about Sean Johnson. And I want to talk about the form he's been in uh, lately. I think he's really making a good, strong case with the U.S. national team based on 
how he's been doing in MLS. Another great performance against San Jose Earthquakes this weekend. He had the PK save on Pozzello, uh for Toronto, you know, last week. Um, what do you think, Sean Johnson, so far? I mean, he's had a great season. He's been improving massively the last couple of seasons since he's been with New York City, and um, you know, I think he's really, really starting to come into his prime. I mean, he he started at such a such a young age as a professional that. Like now, he, you think about it. Like, what is he? He's almost thirty. Like, is that it? Yeah. Jeez, man. Like he's he's been doing this for such a long time, and I think he's really starting to to really come into his own. And I've I've been really really impressed with you know everything that he's been doing lately. By the way, for those of you guys unfamiliar out there listening to this or, or watching this right now, Patrick actually is familiar with Sean, not just from a level of regards to watching him, but he actually competed against Sean. Totally. Yeah. 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 And he's a, he's a great competitor. He's a great guy. Like it's, uh, I'm happy to see the level that he's, he's accomplishing right now for New York. And, uh, you know, I really, I really wish those guys the best in their, in their, in their playoff run. And, as they uh, as they try to push for a championship, I mean that's a, that's a tough race, you know, out there uh, in the East Coast. I mean, obviously the West is stacked as well too. Both, that's what I love about MLS, just the parity. It's 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 great in regards to you. you like as Alexi Lalas always says, you know, Alexi always tells me he says, "Don't bet on MLS. You, you bet on MLS, <laughs> like you're probably going to lose money because like any team can beat any other team on any given yeah, day." That's and that's the way it is. That's that's kind of what makes it exciting, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, is is you don't you don't. And granted, there's some there's some forerunners, right? Some front runners, in like Atlanta and LAFC's form um, in the last year or two had had has really put them in a different kind of category. But a lot of these games, like it could be it could be this really tight zero zero tie, or you know, Galaxy could beat KC seven I mean, two. That was that was one of the I. I I I don't even know what's going on right there, and I I'd be scared to death to be the Peter Vermees, uh, you know, uh, locker room because he scares me. Yeah. So I have a feeling that it that was not a fun, fun time. Um. All right, let's break down real quickly these saves for for Sean Johnson this weekend. Uh, Christian Espinosa, a rocket in the early second half. That uh, this is one of those situations where you steer, you don't take a chance of trying to uh, a catch because it's hit with such pace and. And and again, it, it's it's there's knuckle on the ball, so you don't you don't want to try to take a chance of trying to catch it and having it go through your hands or spilling into a dangerous zone right there. So he he makes a quality decision to kind of just push it away wide. You know, how'd you feel about that? Uh, listen, guys, I cannot tell you how many guys get beat on that because they're leaning because they're expecting the the uh, striking player to hit it across the body to the far post. He just thought, okay, maybe I can I can catch uh, catch Sean leaning a little bit here. Sean doesn't lean. He keeps his shape. He does the right things, and he puts himself in the best situation and reacts to the ball. And and so so many saves come to just putting yourself in the right position, not cheating and reacting to the ball. And that's exactly what he does, and he does it perfectly. Yeah, and uh, and that's that's really in the at the end of the day, guys. You know, hey. You, you, live to see another day and yes you gave up the corner but you know hey you know what the 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 risk you know outweighs the reward in that in that regard in my opinion um let's talk about in the second half before we we finish up this episode uh because here's a situation and dangerous balls in my opinion coming from corners that are low and driven those are my i'd much rather have a looping bending ball inside on a dangerous ball than have a ball that's driven low into the ground because now now it becomes foosball basically yeah. you know it's just dudes like just with their feet flapping around everywhere yeah and uh magnus erickson plays the sport ball in the 46 johnson holds his ground on the point blank save off the foot of uh garam kashia uh with a reflex hand um which uh which that you guys don't realize how half fast that happens yeah 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 it's it it I mean, and listen, that happens three feet from from where it happens exactly, and and it's probably in the net, and that's nothing against Sean. It's just one of those bang, bang, bang plays, and for him to put himself in the right situation, to keep focus, to 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 be to be doing all the right things, and then to make the save to help his team continue to win that game. I mean that's that's exactly what we're there to do, and the execution on this play is great. He, we talk about that window, and he's he does an excellent job of protecting that window and the window that he's in, and he's in the right window. Yeah, that's half a goalkeeping. Before we go, Patrick, why why don't more teams play that ball in? 
why do more teams play the long looping ball in? Uh, it just depends. I mean, it depends where your strengths are. Um, you know, that ball is tough, but if you can put somebody out in front of the, uh, out in front of the post, sometimes you can, you can do a good job of preventing it. It forces them to go further. And I mean, it's, it's all tactics. It's all, um, you know, it's, it's, it's all a game of chess and, and cat and mouse and, and, and what you can get away with. Yeah. And I, I think that's uh, I think that's a good way for us to, to wrap up this episode right here because uh, it is a game of chess and uh, we also have games that we have to play and that's called the game of life. <laughs> so we have to move on and do other things. Uh, guys, we're going to try to get the streaming thing figured out as soon as possible. YouTube gives a 24 hour window before you can actually start live streaming on a new channel. So uh, we promise you guys and we're going to be putting up tons of content on the YouTube channel. Uh, we might even be putting up different clips uh, uh, of these episodes, you know, up on Instagram, on social media. Once I figure out how to do that or once maybe we can sit, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, ask, you know, Patrick's fiance, you know, to do it for <laughs> us because I don't know what I'm doing. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out, Maria. If you can do this for us, she's probably upstairs right now being like, no, I have no desire to do that. <laughs> she's like, uh, I help Patrick enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, guys. That's all the time on Inside the 18. Remember, contact at insidethe18media.com if you have uh, listener questions or you have guests that you want to see or topics that you want us to cover. Uh, we got some great episodes coming up in the next few weeks that we even have already in the pipeline that we've already recorded with some great guests. Uh, some will be audio some will be video that's all the time and we're out later See ya.